This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerus, CPA with Parmelis and Associates. We've talked about tech pay plans. We've discussed the downsides of giving key employees minority ownerships. But how do we share our profits or hold our management team accountable for the overall company and its profits? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about this week. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. How do you win over your younger customers? You let them see their repairs in progress, rusty parts and all. You update them with live chats and invite them to pay with their phones. That's why you need to get shopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential. Please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. I was just discussing this exact problem with one of my shop owners uh, this week. So they have a couple key employees that they want to share their profits with. And they also want to make sure that they're conscious about the bottom line. At the end of the day, they're still going to be employees, but they're trying to kind of motivate their employees and have them think more like owners. Instead of just thinking, hey, I controlled that part. It's not all on me. How do we get everyone on the same page that they say, you know what? This is all going to affect me. I'm not owner, but I'm going to get paid like one. All employees know that profit is important to a certain degree, but they're going to be very mindful if their pay or bonus relies on it. And this is where a lot of people look at their employees and get them involved in ownership, right? This is the classic example of, hey, Steve should share in my profits, so I'm going to make him a 10% owner or let him buy 10% of my business. As we've talked about in the past, I am not a huge fan of this. It's probably understating it. I really hate this idea. I've seen it go south a couple times. Actually, I was dealing with another one of my clients that has a minority ownership issue right now. And hopefully it's not going to get too bad, but it's a little bit of a tricky situation. One of the biggest reasons that I don't like this is you lose control on your expenses. You lose control of your business to a certain degree. You have someone else that owns 10% of your business. So while you can still override them, right? You own 90%. So what you say goes, rightfully so, if it's going to affect them, they're going to have a lot to say. You like to run your race car down through the business. And you can't really do that that much if you got someone that owns 10% of your business. You want to pay your kids. You want to write off whatever you want. You want to purchase equipment. Uh, You want to buy a side-by-side to push dead cars out of that parking lot. Yeah, you got someone to run this by. And again, it's rightfully so. Hey, if you're going to be spending this money that's now affecting the bottom line, now you're taking money out of my pocket and I'm not going to be okay with that. Another thing is, is it can get really bad. And I've seen this. If things go sideways, you are essentially entering into a marriage here. And even though they own a minority share of your business, just the fact that they own any of your business puts their hooks kind of into you a little bit. And also you have a strange situation. You have kind of two relationships going on now with this person. They're obviously an employee, but they're also an owner of your business as well. So think about it this way. Let's say you have, and some of you listening might have an employee just like this, that is a little bit flaky, right? Sometimes they're on their A game. Sometimes I'm not sure what planet they're on. And you go through those swings and you've probably had ex-employees like that, that you finally got to a point where you said, you know what, I've had enough. You know, whether they had issues going on at home, drug or alcohol problems, you name it, we've seen it. 
Now, the tricky thing here is, like I said, they're an employee, but they're also an owner of your business. So that person stops showing up, starts to have a bad attitude, doing drugs, you know, drinking on the job, something like that. You can fire them as an employee, but they still own 10% of your business. And depending on what state you're in, it's relatively easy to fire someone. You know, in Maryland, for example, it's an at-will state. So you can fire anyone at any time for any reason. Uh, namely, usually don't give a reason going in another direction, but it's as easy as that. Obviously, it's not that easy, right? No one likes you know letting someone go. It's really hard to do, but if need be, very quick and simple. Now, but let's go back to this example with Steve. So Steve was showing up to work drunk. Steve was being abrasive with employees, with customers, with everyone. Steve had to go. So I went in one day and said, Steve, you're done. You're fired. You're gone. That's great, right? His salary paid him about $80,000. He's gone. Don't have to worry about that anymore. But Steve still owns 10% of my business. I don't care what you put in that contract. I don't care what you have for a buy-sell agreement on it. If Steve wants to make your life difficult, he can. At the end of the day, the contract is only enforceable as much as someone's willing to listen to it. And yes, after litigation, after lawyers are involved, you will be able to get back your 10% of your business But if he really wants to dig his heels into the sand, it's going to make your life very, very, very difficult. And the reason I say this is I've seen this happen, right? I've seen this exact situation, and it's really been a nightmare for a lot of people. It's caused a lot of unneeded stress. And really, I don't know why people do this, because essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to reward Steve, right? We're trying to say, hey, if I make $100,000, you deserve a share of this. But the flip side of an owner is an owner gets to have, you know, whatever percentage they own in the business in the form of profits or benefits. But also when times get tough, it's also their responsibility to put money back in the business. Think about over the years, you know, in the last couple of years have probably been pretty good, but maybe even the early part of COVID, did you ever have to put some money back into your business? Probably. Maybe if you haven't, then hey, lucky for you, things have been pretty good. A lot of people do, right? When times get tough, who's the first person to stop getting a paycheck? The owner, right? Hey, if you're really bouncing checks and things are kind of going sideways and you need to put money back into the business, it's coming out of your pocket. But if I have a, you know, 10% owner like we're talking about here, yeah, obviously when things are good, he's going to want his 10%. Now, when things get tough and I need to inject money back into the business, I'm going to put my money in. Is Steve going to put his? Probably not, right? And this is the weird thing that happens a lot is I see people that set up these plans that say, hey, you get 10% of the upside, I have to have 100% of the downside. That's not really fair to either party. What's the alternative here? What can we do if you don't want to give minority you know, business interest to an employee? And so instead of doing what a lot of people choose to do, like the 10% owner, if minority shareholder and giving someone or selling someone a minority share in my business is not an advisable way, then what do you recommend? How do I incentivize someone? How do I reward them a piece of what I have? What a lot of people choose to do or what I recommend is instead of making them my minority owner, let's just pay them like one. So just like I talked about a second ago there, you know, even in most of these situations, you're giving them 10% of the upside and not kind of holding them accountable to the downside then why don't we just call it what it is and say, hey, we're going to pay you 10% of the profit as a bonus. You're still an employee. You're still going to get a paycheck. And if we make $100,000, you're going to get a $10,000 bonus right there. Now, if we lose money and there's not enough there to split, I'm not going to take it out of your paycheck. But if you own 10% of my business and we lost money, I wouldn't be asking you to inject 10% into my business. 
So right here, we have someone that looks and smells like an owner. And for the employee's sake, they don't really care about having 10% of the control because that means nothing. All they really care about is 10% of the profit. So why don't we give them exactly what they want? Now, that being said, should we be paying them net income? Does that really make sense? Or should we be paying them off of gross profit? And this is really what I wanted to talk about this week. But we need to figure out why we're doing this to really figure out what we should be paying off of. So why are we paying someone? Really for three reasons. Reward, accountability, and motivation. We want to reward someone on what they're doing or not doing, but also hold them accountable so that they have this in the back of their mind of, hey, this is your responsibility. And also motivation to grow this. Hey, as this business grows, I'm going to make more money, but we are going to make more money as a team. One of the things that we got to focus here is we got to always remember that we need to reward or penalize people on things that, that they can control. If they have no control over it or you know, not a whole lot of control over it, then why does it have anything to do with their pay plan? You know, a great example of this is why would we pay techs a percentage of gross profit? I know it's done, but why are we doing it? The tech doesn't price that job. The tech doesn't set the labor rate. The tech doesn't pick which parts they're going to buy. And most of the time, the tech is not generating that invoice or even, you know, estimating their hours. Now, I know in some shops, the techs have a lot more control and almost look like a mini service advisor making their own quotes, but they're not picking your labor rate. They're not picking your markup. There's so many things on there that they just do not control. So if they have a lot of gross profit, they have a little bit of gross profit. It really is completely independent to them. You know, and so for a simple example on the production side of things, a technician should always be paid off of labor. And really, I don't even like them getting paid off of labor dollars because, again, they're not picking your labor rate. What they can control is hours, 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 hours. Hey, the only thing that the tech has complete control over is how many hours they do. And even in that case, there is a little bit of an argument there because I've seen a lot of shops that aren't giving their technicians enough hours. Not maliciously or anything like that, but, you know, giving a technician four hours for a job that they know is probably going to take the technician five hours. Not really fair to them, but it's still something that they can control. As much as you love the shop routine that you have now, I'll tell you that switching to a cloud-based shop management system will pay off in more ways than you can imagine. Not only will you let go of bad habits that are costing you money, you'll free up more time for your techs to fix more cars. Your quotes will be quicker and more accurate, and you'll make more money per part than you ever did before. We all know that time is money. When you streamline your day, you waste less time on repetitive brain drains. Start fresh by going to your favorite browser and looking up GetShopware.com. The orange Book a Demo button will set you on a journey for more profit and less stress. You'll never look back. Check it out at GetShopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care coaching and marketing program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential by utilizing their industry-leading learning management system. Repair Shop of Tomorrow have produced over 50 learning modules to provide continuing education for shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Their learning management system allows all employees to learn exactly what the owner is learning on their own time. Training modules such as Repair Order Workflow, Advisor Huddle, Business Flowchart, and Driving Profitability helps ensure everyone in the shop knows what the right looks like and understand their responsibilities inside the organization. 
When the team is all operating with the same playbook, the results are remarkable. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. Now, service advisors are a bit different because service advisors kind of have the whole entire sales process underneath their responsibility. And a lot of times I see service advisors getting incentivized based on sales, straight sales. But what do we really care from a service advisor? I don't care about sales. You don't really care about sales. If you think about it, you care about gross profit. Because if I have a target of what I want to make, it has nothing to do with sales and everything to do with gross profit. So if I incentivize a service advisor off of sales, they're incentivized to sell, sell, sell. But what I want them to do is I want them to sell, 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 but a profitable level. Why would I penalize someone if they made $500,000 of gross profit off of $750,000 of sales versus if they did a million dollars worth of sales and still got $500,000 of gross profit, right? At the end of the day, both of those are giving me the same gross profit, but if I'm paying off of sales, I'm going to actually be rewarding of someone for selling less profitable jobs. More of them, but it's the same profit at the end of the day. So most of the time, service advisors are paid straight off of gross profit. We're talking kind of about managers here a little bit later on setting these up and, and how we kind of create these plans. But service advisors, especially if they're also gross profit, could kind of fit in that bucket as well. So speaking of managers, shop managers, general manager, regional managers, let's talk about that a little bit. So first argument on this is, right, this is the big argument of net income or gross profit for paying managers, uh, whether it's a district manager, store manager, or just kind of your shop manager. So let's say that we are going to pay a percentage of our net income. This is kind of maybe the most logical way, right? If we make money or I make money, you make money. If I don't make money, you don't make money. Seems pretty straightforward, though. But is this really fair? And when someone comes to me and they ask, and this is the exact conversation I had with my client on this, is I always say, okay, you want to pay off of profit. Let me go down through and ask you a couple questions. Do they have a control on your advertising budget? And more specifically, do they have a control on where and what you advertise with? Right? Are they the ones that say, you know what, boss? Direct mail is what's working. That's where I'm going to focus my advertising budget on. What about your insurance rates? Do they pick what benefits you give to your employees? Do they negotiate your insurance rates? Do they talk to your workers' comp agent to say, is there anything that we can do to bring this down? Do they look at your garage keeper and shop it around to make sure that you're getting affordable rates and also that you make sure that you're properly kind of covered with the insurance as you have it? Are they responsible for hiring or firing of all employees, no matter who it is? And also, what's going on with your owner wages? Are you getting paid fairly for what you're doing? Do you have fringe benefits going through the company? You spending a bunch of money on toys that's also running through the business as well? Most of the time, the answer to all or most of these is no. And if you are deciding these expenses, meaning you the owner, then why does it have anything to do with your employee, right? Why are we penalizing or why are we rewarding our managers on stuff that they have no control over? Another thing is just like we were talking about before with getting someone a minority ownership in your business, if this person is going to get paid off of bottom line, no more playing around, no more putting personal expenses through there, no more paying for the kids. Because again, all of these expenses are now going to affect them. Now, what people do sometimes is they can adjust this stuff, right? So I've seen people have a net income and then a true net income, you know, and so some of these 
one-time discretionary expenses that we will call this, they put in separate buckets, right? Hey, you know what? This is going to be affected. I want this for taxes, but this is not going to affect your pay plan. I get it, but you're making it complicated. Anyone that I've seen that's done this and they're playing around with it, it makes it extremely, extremely confusing. Anytime that you have confusion, you have animosity, and you're creating kind of just an animal that really for a lot of times just never needs to be done. Pay plans should always be straightforward. They should always see what they get. Both parties should be able to understand this and both parties should be able to know how to increase it or decrease it and what really drives them. So we've discussed what the downsides are of paying off of net profit, but why does it make sense to pay off of gross profit, right? A lot of people look at this and say, man, gross profit is just a front end, right? That's just pricing. There's so much more involved here that goes on it doesn't feel fair that I have someone that's you know responsible for you know overseeing my entire organization, but they're only affected off of gross profit. But let's break down the financials and really take a look at this. It's fairly straightforward. We have sales coming in less our direct expenses, right? Technicians, parts, sublet shop supplies, and that gives us gross profit. Now, with those gross profit dollars, we use those to pay our overhead expenses, and whatever is left over, hopefully something is what gives us profit or net profit, right? So why are we paying someone on profit? There's a huge variable in that equation. We have gross profit less expenses equal net profit. There's a big variable in there, which is expenses. And if they don't have any control on it, then that means that they don't have any control in the net profit. The only thing that they can truly control is gross profit. And like we talked about before, we only should be rewarding or penalizing people on what they control. So by paying someone off of net profit, you could end up to have the same pay plan, but it's really not fair to either of you guys. If you increase the profit by negotiating your insurance, by you know being smart with your advertising, or maybe taking out less salary or less rent out of the business, then you're going to be paying this person more for something that they didn't really do. On the flip side of this is if you're running a bunch of expenses down or maybe you're spending money frivolously on things and subscriptions you just don't need, you're now penalizing this person for stuff that they did not do as well, right? And this is why I say it doesn't work for both parties. Hunt, you want me to set up a plan based off a gross profit. I kind of understand what you're talking about here, but how do I even do this, right? How do I set up a plan or what do most people do? This is a question I hear all the time. All right, hey, what is a common pay plan? Or they just send me over, hey, give me a pay plan. And the short answer is, this is not going to work for everyone. This is not meant to be implemented in your business as it is. I'm trying to get you the general idea behind how we build these plans and also kind of some of the deeper meaning so you could tweak it for your specific business. You know, as a little kind of teaser here and maybe a reminder to myself, and then next couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing an episode called We Are Not the Same. Um, and the big thing I talk about there is I've seen so many kind of commonalities in shops, but really every single shop is a little bit different and kind of going into those finer details and, you know, how it kind of is meant to be looked at a little bit differently or maybe even kind of a sanity check for you of saying, hey, be careful who you compare yourself to. Anyways, Getting back onto the topic that we were talking about of setting up a pay plan off of gross profit. So first and foremost, if you have a coach, ask them. As an accountant, I do this stuff all the time. I see a lot of pay plans. I understand numbers. And so obviously, if I'm asked, I'll chime in to a certain degree. But if you have a coach, 
I don't like to step on toes. I will always defer back to them. You know, don't reinvent the wheel. They already probably have something that works and is implemented in a shop similar to your shop of your size. That being said, now to get that caveat out of the way so that no one thinks I'm stepping on their toes, let's say you don't have a coach or you just want a general idea, maybe a second opinion on it. Well, here you go. First and foremost, you need to decide on how much you want on base and how much you want on commission. Most of the time, these are not straight up just commission-based pay plans for a number of reasons. But just like a salesperson, you kind of have to pick something that makes sense for that person. And naturally, you're going to have people that go in one of two categories. Just like any salesperson, if they really are good and they're really confident in what they do, they're going to probably lean towards wanting more commission. Because if more and more of it is on commission, generally that makes the upside higher. Because, hey, you're putting some risk out there. Because if you don't do well, there is no floor, right? You're on 100% commission. But that being said, if you can really blow this out of the water, if you can really streamline this, increase our profit, you're going to make a lot more money. So the more commission, the higher the upside, but also the higher the downside. Now, if you went the opposite direction and said, hey, you know what? I want the majority on this on base pay and only a small portion on commission, then they have some upside, but their upside is very similar to their downside. There's not much of a difference there. Hey, if I kill this, I could make an extra 10 grand. But if I do terribly, I'm only going to lose 10 grand, you know, and for these situations, it's really tricky. 10% is way too little, right? It's just not enough because no one's going to make a decision based off of that little change in their bottom line or their take home pay. Most people end up doing a base uh, salary and then a GP uh, commission on top. Depending on how much you want to incentivize them on performance, always will dictate that percentage and, and the base versus commission percentage. And this is kind of a rough figure. Most shops out there that I've seen or that plans that I thought were pretty fair for both is around a 60% base and then 40% commission. The reason is, is because by having them, you know, a 60% base on what you expect them to make, it makes sure that there's slow times that they're still going to have money. You don't want to put someone in a bad position where if things slow down, they're not able to eat, you know, and even if people are doing, you know, full commission, They generally have a floor on this, which is essentially the same thing as putting in a base salary on this, right? So, hey, you had a bad month, didn't do well, didn't perform, gross profit wasn't there. Hey, maybe there's no commission, but base is still there. You're not going to starve. To figure out how much and what percentage you want to pay on, I generally say you need to back into what you want them to make at a certain level. So for this example, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to back into what I would do a pay plan on someone that I wanted to make $100,000 if they are at my goal. And so here is kind of a, a little prerequisite is if you want to back into this, you need to understand what your goal is for gross profit. So if you don't have what that goal is for gross profit, you can't really do this because you don't know what number you're backing into. If you don't know what that goal is, right? A pretty easy one is figure out what you did last year and then set a goal based on that, right? Hey, you did $450,000 in gross profit this year. You're going to aim for $500,000 this year. Don't pick a number out of the back of your head though, right? You got to make sure this is realistic. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But let's just say in this situation, I want this person to make $100,000 if my shop is at $500,000 in gross profit in this upcoming year. So what would that look like? 
we know that we're going to do about 60% of this on base. And so I picked 100K because the math is easy for my simple brain. So they're going to make $60,000 a year on salary, no matter what they do. They could be the worst person in the world. They couldn't sell anything. Or if they're a manager, you know, their service advisors didn't sell anything, but they're still going to make $60,000. If we want them to make $100,000 total and we have $60,000 on base, we know that they need to make about $40,000 in commission. And we already know that we want them to make $40,000 commission off of $500,000 in gross profit. So all we do there is we take that $40,000, divide it by $500,000, we get 8%. And so what we're saying there is, hey, you're going to make a $60,000 base and I'm going to pay you 8% of gross profit. If you hit my target of what I did this year of $500,000, you're going to make $100,000 total. Seems pretty straightforward. You know, and all of those numbers are variable. Hey, you want them to make 120. Instead of dividing 40,000 by 500,000, divide 60,000 by 500,000, right? And it's going to give you a different percentage. Probably, what would that be? 12%. Hey, maybe you don't want that much out there. Maybe you only want to give them 30,000. Divide 30,000 by 500,000. And, you know, it works for anything. 500,000 is the gross profit on here. You have a different target, obviously, on it. You're going to be dividing it. But this is how you back into that percentage. Here is where it gets a little tricky. So for existing locations with pretty consistent growth, this is really easy to do. Shouldn't say really easy, but should be fairly straightforward because you have trends, you have history, you have a general target, right? Hey, we're growing 10%, 15% year after year for the last five years. Pretty consistent earnings on a monthly basis. I know what this is going to look like for this year. I know what it's going to look like if we coast. I don't want to set the target on coasting. I want to set the target to be where I want to be. Now, when I was talking about this with my client, they're talking about doing this for some expansion. And so I said, you got to be really careful with this. Existing shop, you're okay. New shop, we're going to be a little bit more careful on because we don't want to overpay. So we have to factor in growth in there to make sure you aren't paying this person 200000 or something crazy. So if you're in a period of exponential growth on this, I would be very, very, very careful about doing a commission-based pay plan because you could be over-promising and you could be under-promising and you just really don't know. If you are going to set up one, make sure that you and the employee are both on the same page, that this is not going to be a permanent one. I've seen people say, hey, you know what? We're going to do this plan for 90 days and we're going to reevaluate over 90 days. Any of you guys that have started your business fresh or start another location know that pretty much every quarter, every 90 days, it's going to be a completely different business, right? It's not uncommon for people to have a 100% increase quarter after quarter for the first 12 months. So make sure that you say to the employee of, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this for X amount of days or X amount of months. And then we're going to reevaluate this. But I always put a little line in there that, hey, at any time, if this doesn't make sense for either party, I can come back and negotiate. And that's not always to protect you. That's a lot of times to protect your employees as well. Hey, you know what? I set this target for you. I thought it was going to be realistic, but you know, we had that water main breakout front and it killed our sales, right? Not your fault. And I'm going to tear this up. I'm going to make sure that you get paid. And you know what? I'm going to give you commission because I knew that you were going to hit it anyways. Same flip side. Hey, you know what? This plan was supposed to have you making about $20,000 in commission if you hit my stretch goal. 
I'm not sure what happened. This is out of control. Our sales have quadrupled. I had to hire five other people to come in here. Your commission would have been like 95,000. I just cannot pay that. It doesn't make any sense. Neither of us think that this makes sense, right? So always put an out in there for you. But you also have to be very careful with that. You want to be able to stick to your word. And you also want to be able to sell this to someone else. So you need to be able to look them in the eye and say, hey, here's what this plan looks like. And the biggest thing I usually say is I go back to last year. Hey, you know what? If you would have got paid this way last year, here's what you would have made. And generally, it looks like this. Hey, if you would have got paid this way last year, you probably would have made a little bit less money than you did. However, I know that we're going to grow and you're going to exceed that by a lot. Here's what it's going to look like if you hit the goals for this year. I'm going to make more money. You're going to make more money. Everyone's going to be happy. Now, a big thing and something that kind of gets a lot of argument on this is, do we use the shop management software gross profit or do we use QuickBooks? I always like to use the gross profit out of my shop management software for a couple of reasons. And the biggest one here is it's the quickest, right? Hey, I could do and I could calculate the commission pretty much right after the end of the month, right? Let's say the end of month closed yesterday. I can put commissions through right now. Uh, with QuickBooks, we got to make sure we reconcile, get everything on it, get the bills in, et cetera, et cetera. Another thing is, is they're looking at this stuff throughout the month, throughout the quarter, throughout the year, however you're incentivizing these people so they know where they stand. They know, hey, I'm close to the goal. I've already hit my goal. I'm way ahead. There is no sort of surprise. And also, it's something that is, you know, just transparent. You guys are both on the same page. I've seen a lot of these plans and I've heard them from your employees, you know, talk about this as saying, yeah, I I get paid off of gross profit. The gross profit never is what I think it is. And it's always kind of a surprise. I thought I hit commission last quarter and I didn't apparently, you know, I did hit commission this quarter, but I don't think I really did. It just seems to be random. Now, what a lot of people say to me is, well, Hunt, what if my QuickBooks is drastically different than my shop management software? Well, why are we having that affect our you know, general manager? Why are we having that affect our service advisor? That's your problem. You need to figure that out. Parts gross profit should be dead on. There's going to be some small discrepancies on every shop, but more or less, those should never be different. And if your labor gross profit is different in your shop management software than it is in QuickBooks, then you need to get that updated, right? You need to get that as close as you possibly can. These two figures are never, ever, ever going to be exactly the same. Unless your shop is extremely small or you are extremely anal and go down to the penny on this. But realistically, if you are using this and you have to set up correctly, it's not going to be a material difference. And so let's say that for the month you're, you know, even $5,000 off and you're giving the person 4% of gross profit. That's a $200 difference. It's really negligible in the grand scheme of things. And realistically, what's going to happen is, you know, your shop management software gross profit might be slightly higher for this month. And then next month, it might be slightly lower. Over the course of the year, it generally works out to be pretty darn close. Another thing is, is use apples to apples, right? So if you're building this pay plan and you're backing into what it looks like on $500,000 of gross profit, that better be out of your shop management software. Don't forecast the plan on your QuickBooks number and then use them the shop management software to pay them off of. Yeah, in a lot of cases, it could be the same. It also could be different. We just don't know. Now, I wanted to talk quickly about shop owners that are multi-location, right? Because multi-location shops is, at the end of the day, it's the same idea. 
but you probably have a couple different roles that single location operators just don't have. Store manager, you know, a lot of multi-location have a store manager that has a lot of control over that individual store. Maybe similar to a general manager on a single location, but this person is a manager, but just responsible for this individual location. So in a situation like that, I would be paying a percentage of profit on that store, but just that store alone, right? Why would we pay them on the whole enterprise when they only have control over that store? But just like we talked about before, if that store manager is not responsible for all or significantly all of the overhead, we're not going to pay them off of profit. We're going to pay them off of gross profit. Hey, you're my store manager, but you don't control my advertising, my rent, my insurance, my utilities, anything. We're not paying them off of profit. We're paying them off of gross profit. Just does not make sense. Hey, you're my store manager responsible for everything in that store, but I'm going to pay you a percentage of profit for all eight of my stores. Why? They can only do what they have control of and they control one store, not eight. Now, on the flip side of this, a lot of multi-location operators have, you know, a district manager, a regional manager, or, you know, overall operations manager. So in this situation, they should be getting paid a percentage of profit on all the stores, right? All of the stores are responsibility. All eight of those are responsible to the district manager to make sure that they're, you know, going in, making sure that they're adjusting um, and, you know, dealing with the locations that have lower than ideal profitability. And then also just making sure that the entire operation is running in a profitable manner. But again, that's only if they control the overhead of not only the individual stores to a certain degree, but also some of the corporate expenses. You might say, well, Hunt, how does the district manager have control over the store's expenses if that's the store manager's uh, discretion or they have control? Well, who does the store manager answer to? The store manager answers to the district manager. And so it's their responsibility to manage that person who's then going to ultimately manage the expenses. Now, again, a lot of people forget about this. They say, all right, yeah, they have control over the individual stores, but they don't have control over some of the you know, corporate expenses or some of the corporate overhead. So if that's the situation, then yeah, I will still pay off a percentage of profit of all the stores, but I'm not going to include some of the corporate. Now, you got to be careful on this one because it has to be factored in somewhere. It's not fair to pay them on profit when you know the corporate office is losing $300,000. Generally, though, if you have corporate expenses, uh, these locations are paying management fees where it's kind of allocating those costs accordingly. Again, though, if you don't have a fair management fee, if you're using that to kind of play around with some of these numbers, it does not make sense to pay that general manager or operations manager off a profit of all the stores or any of the stores. Again, if they don't control this stuff, then even that district manager, hey, you're going to get paid off a of gross profit for all of the locations. Because again, that's what they can control. That's what they need to be rewarded on. That's what they need to be, I guess, penalized on. I don't like to say penalized, but held accountable for, right? This is not the end all be all, but hopefully this gives you some insight on other options out there. And at the end of the day, you're doing this to motivate and reward your team, but they have to understand that as well. It's all in how you phrase this, but you need to be honest with your team. If you're setting a lofty goal, be upfront with that and make sure that they're on board. You can't just roll this out to people unwillingly because not only is it going to breed animosity, but it's probably not going to work as intended, right? They're not going to be motivated. They're saying, oh, this will never work and they're never going to do it, right? So make sure that you're upfront, make sure that you have good communication and make sure that they're bought into your plan. You know, and the way that this usually goes is, hey, I'm going to set a goal of $550,000 in gross profit this year. 
That's 15% more than we did last year. But if you hit that goal, you're going to make about $10,000 more this year. If you do the same as what you did last year, I will be the first to tell you, you're probably going to make the same amount of money, if not less. But if you do well, you're going to make even more money. I'm going to make more money. Everyone's going to win here, right? I want to make sure that my success is also your success. And if done correctly, I think you'll really be amazed at what happens when people start thinking like owners. No employee is ever going to think completely like an owner, right? Because they just can't understand this. But at least they're going to be thinking like an owner as far as profit is concerned. And for a lot of owners, that's one of their primary focuses as well. Hopefully this was helpful for you. As always, please share this with friends. And if you have any questions, comments, ideas for future episodes, or you want to be a guest on a future episode, shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Just want to say thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.